Welcome to the Corporate Treasury 101 podcast. This is the first section of our full interview with Kevin Breikman, PwC Director at the Treasury Practice of Belgium. With PwC since 2011, Kevin has focused on supporting priority clients in managing large Treasury transformation projects, where these multi-year projects see him help clients define the target operating model, DOM, for Treasury and thereafter support its implementation. Kevin also leads the Treasury Audit Service Offering of PwC Belgium, where he leads the review of some of the most complex Treasury centers. In the episode of today, expect to learn what do we mean by transforming a Treasury department? Why is it important for certain companies? What are the main objectives of a corporate when onboarding on such a journey? Why it is important? What it actually transforms? How long can a transformation take? And much, much more. We enjoyed our conversation with Kevin a lot, and we hope you will enjoy it as well. If that is the case, and when you think about how you discovered the podcast, somebody probably told you about it, you discovered it through the suggestions of your favorite podcast app or via the social media, and this is the best way for us to spread the treasury word, and it will mean the world for us if you'd share, subscribe to the podcast, and leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. With all that being said, please welcome Kevin Breikman. So welcome, Kevin, to the Corporate Treasury 101 podcast. Great to have you on. Can you please start by just introducing yourself and explain to us what you do? Yeah, sure. Uh, first of all, many thanks for, for having me. Very excited about this one. So my name is uh, Kevin Brakman. I am a director at PwC Belgium, uh, part of the Corporate Treasury Advisory Team. Um, so what I do is, together with the team, we basically advise corporate residents on various topics. Our service offering can make mostly be split up in like four main service offerings, I would say. First of all, everything which has to do with treasury systems. We help our clients in both selecting and implementing various systems, being either treasury management systems, what they use for their day-to-day operations, payment systems, but also everything around cash flow forecasting or uh, trade finance. Then we have a second pillar, which is around more bank and liquidity management, uh, where we again help corporates in defining what the best bank account structure for them is, what the best liquidity structure is, but also what the best bank for them is to serve to the region or country, both selecting that partner as helping with the implementation. Then we have a third pillar, which is around, I would say, financial risk management. So where we help corporates to first apply, identify what their risks are. We mostly focused on foreign exchange risk, but we also have a few projects around interest rates and volatilities. And once we help them to identify what the risks are, we also help them to implement uh, basically the strategies to mitigate it. And the last one is everything around treasury transformation, um, which I think is the topic of today, so I'm not going to go to it too much yet. But that's a bit in a nutshell who I am and, and what we actually do here uh, with the team in Belgium. Awesome, Kevin. That sounds like a like a very complete offer you guys proposed. It um and we would like to focus on treasury transformation. So, maybe to begin with, can you explain us uh, what do we mean by transforming a treasury department in the first place? Yeah, sure. 
what we mean with transforming a treasury department is when we basically have a holistic view on all the offerings, all the processes which are being done uh, within a certain treasury department, and we actually take a step back. So we look what is what to do today, what's working well, what's working less well, and we typically also do a benchmark on versus peer companies. And based on that, we basically typically identify some gaps. So we look at what they want to do, what to do today. Something is not happening like they want to do. And then we, we basically help them to define what we call a list of opportunities they should pursue. We typically also look at how much effort it would be with certain things in place, what the value is. And then we help them to, first of all, identify the quick ways, things which have high impact, low effort. But then versus the ones which are big effort, but also big return, those ones we help them to plan out over a potentially multi-year project. But it's really transforming. It's when we bring the multiple service offerings we have together. So it's typically has a system angle, has a process angle, has a people angle, that has also typically the banking. Okay. And this whole process will be in order to, well, benefit the company, right? The, the overall idea of treasury to, is to support the company through financial risk management, cash management, and all those aspects that uh, we've covered in the podcast. So it will be closing the gap between what could be done to support best the company, but what Treasury does not do yet or does not do in an optimized manner, probably. Is that uh, correct? Yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, I think what is important is, is the Treasury Department is indeed a supporting function. If you look at it in all companies, local one who is actually building the products or selling the products, it's there to support the wider group and the businesses. Um, so that's typically where we also help our clients to either provide a certain support on a group level. What is that typically that they help with making sure cash is available for investments, either by centralizing the cash, making it accessible to the HQ entities, or helping to go to the debt markets to raise additional funds whenever required. That's more on a group level and a business level. We also want to make sure that the treasury is there to support the business in their day-to-day activities. What does that mean? Making sure that there's enough cash for their day-to-day needs so that they're getting payments, but also helping them to understand the risks they are facing due to their day-to-day operations. A lot of the people on the ground, they don't always uh, have the feeling with treasury that, for example, for example is uh, for an exchange. They don't fully understand always what the impact is of, for example, sending an invoice in a foreign currency, how that can impact the company. Their treasury can play a big role. Uh, now, what we notice for a lot of our clients, they all want to play this role. They want to be the support for the group. They want to be the support for the business. But they are caught up in day-to-day operations, making less time available to really provide value-add strategic support. And that's where we often come in and help them to, first of all, set up the processes, but also the systems to automate, let's say, a lot of the more manual day-to-day repetitive tasks. So more time becomes available to really support their local entities, but also the group itself to run its day-to-day operations. Okay. And so how, or more, should I say, when does a company actually decide to transform its treasury department was the trigger because I can easily imagine that many companies out there have a suboptimal treasury structure that is operational, of course, but maybe not running at full speed or maximum capacity. What's the trigger for treasury transformations? There can be multiple triggers. Um, 
I would say the, one of the most common one is the, when a new treasury arrives. So when there is a treasury function has been built by a previous treasury, somebody new comes in, but that's a different point of view. So that's typically a trigger for us to actually be called in, called in, um, to, to have that discussion, to compare them to the peers. Also, what we see quite often is companies that grow very fast. For example, tech companies or other kind of companies who grow very fast, the business grows, but the treasury function itself is not grown about a lot. Running a treasury for a small company versus a big company is completely different. Um, so there as well, they often help, ask for help to really build a function which is appropriate for uh, the company. And then the third one I would say is when they have grown mostly by acquisitions. Because uh, then typically, and it's Oxford, you ask, a group of companies, I would say, one obsolete integrated, who all work in their own way. And that also typically biggest kind of a transformation project, basically built a common treasury function across those different entities. So that's are the, I would say the three biggest reasons you see as the starting board of the treasury transformation exercise. Hmm. Makes a lot of sense. Are only companies of certain size concerned then? Um, because you mentioned companies growing too fast, for instance, or through different mergers and acquisitions, does it mean you need to reach a certain size before, well, first of all, having a treasury function, obviously, but also having to transform it? Yes and no. Um, I think to mention probably yourself, you need to have a certain size to have a dedicated treasury department. Typically what we see companies, let's say we're under 1 billion in revenue, they have a treasury, but it's part of the finance function. So it's not a, a treasury department itself. Um, so there we see it less. Also companies who are very much domestic focus, who have not a lot of international business, there's normally less focus on treasury. But then above that, is there a certain size limit to doing treasury transformation? No. The only thing is, the bigger the company, the bigger the treasury function, and the more difficult it is to fully transform it. That's it. Typically, if you have company, let's say between the one and 10 billion, it is possible to think, to look at all the different areas within values, financial risk management, cash and liquidity systems, and, and really make up a plan over a four or five year period to really enhance that function, to really bring it to the next level. That's something you can do. If you go to very big companies, it's not always possible to do everything at the same time, I would say. There you're going to more work in silos. You're going to maybe a few years focus on test liquidity, another couple of years of financial risk management. Because of the size in the company, it's more, it takes more time to move it. Um, so there typically we see projects being more focused, while if you have entities which are groups which are still growing, which are not gigantic yet, I would say, there's more room to do more things about that's been what we see. Super clear, Kevin. Makes a lot of sense. So, um, when a company does decide that they need a treasury transformation, uh, what are sort of the main objectives that they're um, they would set out to achieve when they start that journey? So, I'm assuming that's like a really important part of getting started. Yeah, but I wouldn't say that there's one common objective across all of them. Uh, there's a couple of ones who always come back. I would say, first of all, control and visibility. Visibility mostly on cash. It's a bit surprising, but there's still a lot of 
even big companies out there who cannot say on a certain day how much cash they have on local accounts sitting. They don't have their daily visibility. They often only have the visibility delayed by an accounting process, which typically only has been done once per month. So getting visibility on the cash is often a big factor. Also control uh, over the cash on how it's being used, where cash is leaving the company, but also visibility on the type of instruments that they're using. Often when you have a decentralized treasury function and everybody is actually allowed to directly talk to their banks, enter into derivatives, enter into loans, there is a bit of a lack of a central visibility. Also no visibility a lot on the, on the, I would say the financial risks and that they actually don't know what that exposure is to a change in euro borrowing, for example, that they cannot directly answer if it goes up about 10%, what is my exposure? So I would say control and visibility is one that, that, that often comes back. The second one is, I would say, automation. And that's actually a bit coming back to the fact that Treasury is a supporting function. So it always has a bit of difficulties to get internal budgets for uh, that function. So typically, Treasury needs to be very efficient with the funds they have. They have limited people. Um, so often they have, they want to automate as much as possible the recurring, uh, tasks, repetitive tasks. So they also, a lot of these projects around automation. So again, they have the time available to more talk to the business, give their advice to really provide uh, value. And then the last one often as well is savings. Does they have limited budgets on all of the projects we also have is around basically helping them to reduce uh, cost. So that's a bit, it's, it's not a fit for all, but it's a bit the most fun ones uh, we see. You spend a lot of time there on visibility, specifically like, especially cash visibility. Why, why is that so important for treasurers? Especially now, I would say with rising interest rates, the ability to, first of all, have visibility and access to your cash has become more important because what we see quite often is that Companies are at the same time going outside to the markets to borrow money while they have cash sitting on local accounts, which they're not aware of, which of course is direct opportunity cost being lost. So by first of all, having the disability, they cannot, they know where it is, they can centralize, they can use it the most efficient way and they can avoid either unnecessary borrowing costs. Or if they don't directly need the money, they can invest it in a more efficient way than often is being invested locally. Super clear. That makes a lot of sense. So having that visibility sort of presents uh, other opportunities that maybe they haven't seen or considered up until that point. Makes a lot of sense. And I guess all the transformations that you do, Kevin, is your clients or your customers are coming to you to try and build what is for them a best-in-class treasury system, right? So by your uh, definition, what is a best-in-class uh, treasury department? What? So what we do at, um, at BNC is every two years, we have uh, a survey where we basically reach out to around two to 300 companies, the treasurers and see the post. And actually, one of the questions we always ask is, especially the CFOs, is what do we expect to get treasury departments? And what we have seen in the last survey, which was two years ago, because we're actually for the moment doing a new survey, was that all the focus was being put on business partnering. 
that's with what I mentioned already in the beginning, that they, a lot of the CFOs, a lot of the business units expect the Jesuit department to share the knowledge and experience to help them create value. So again, giving uh, talking to them, for example, about foreign exchange risk, how they can mitigate it, what strategies they can do, because often people directly go to, I would say, financial practice, so using products offered by a bank. But often, just by changing certain things in your operations, you can already reduce the risk. Like, for example, instead of selling your uh, products in foreign currency, sell it in your own currency, or align the currency which you're buying your raw materials and with the currency which you sell your products. So this is kind of advice that people on the ground are not always aware of because they, they have other priorities. And that's where Treasury can, can really play role. So really being there to talk to the business, to help provide volume, to give them access to liquidity, to, to mitigate the risks. That's for me, the core function of the Treasury. And therefore, what I would say is a best in class Treasury. And again, the definition will be different for, for if you ask somebody else, of course. For me, one who has been able to automate a lot of their day-to-day operations. So they have the time available to really provide value to the business, to talk to them, to help them with their needs, provide really that added value which a treasury department should be. Okay, and in order to do so, you probably need to get rid of those manual and repetitive tasks that you mentioned earlier, right? The more you automate, the more visibility you have, the faster it is to make your decisions, and therefore you can support the business uh, further. Just uh, out of curiosity, how, how does that translate into actual action? So you mentioned the, the foreign exchange risk aspect that you can advise on, literally, uh, to your business units and business partners. What else is out there? Like, how can you take actual actions as a treasury department to help the business, since it is one of the biggest priorities for the CFOs? Yeah. One of the items the last couple of years, which we actually did quite some projects on, with a lot of ask on, is around payments, uh, systems. The last couple of years, the attempts of payment fraud have increased a lot. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's sending fake invoices, uh, sending, uh, we even heard about WhatsApp messages saying, uh, I'm the CFO, I need an urgent payment. The attempts of fraud are, are increasing a lot. What we have helped our clients with is setting up, I would say, central payment infrastructures and, uh, via to reach all the internal uh, payment systems are linked and which are basically the one channel towards the bank. What is the big benefit of this? Uh, first of all, we allow state to processing. So from creating the payment in the ERP up to the bank, there's no manual intervention required anymore. Where, where before they were either manually downloading a file, manually uploading a file or manually typing in a payment, which of course increases both the risk of a human error finger, but just mistyped, or ease of payment fraud. It's repeatedly have people who have with bad intentions. Also, by all going to one system, it gives central visibility, and it also allows us to put tools on top who can identify payments which are a bit out of the ordinary, which are a higher risk of fraud, I would say, and that way reduce the risks. Um, so that's also one Basically, it's an investment in technology, but if you can catch or avoid one fraud attempt, it pays back itself. Um, and also, the other way back, uh, by implementing the central connectivity tool with the bank, we also have the possibility to basically get bank statements in an electronic format 
in a structured format, which we can upload in the local accounting systems, and in that way, automate the daily consolidation of the bank statements. Something which was before then a very manual task, a bit repetitive, not that much value add. But again, by automating this task, those people who have been doing this before are more available to support on other items. So that's also something where we see Treasury starting to play a bigger and bigger role in setting up decentralized uh, payment uh, systems for both getting visibility, getting control about your outgoing flows, but also to automate the reconciliation aspect coming back. No, very clear. So it seems like the fraud is really like on the rise. Uh, Kevin, it's, it's interesting that that's like uh, that's an interesting area that seems to be coming up quite a lot. And when you come in and do these transformations, Kevin, um, do you just rip out the entire treasury department and put a new one in? Or like <laughs> the entire like TMS? Like, is it like all or nothing? Or do you sometimes just come in and say, okay, hey, look, overall, this looks okay. Or this is so flimsy, we don't want to touch it. Uh, but this part here, you know, could have a good good impact on your business. Like when you come in, how much of a how much open heart surgery it is, and how much is it like keel surgery? <laughs> it's a good question. And then all firms do we rip it all apart and they change it all? No. Locally, I've never came across with Thursday sent where that was actually required. Typically, what we do is at the start, we look at, we talk to the people, basically. We have interviews with, with our, all stakeholders. We understand from them how did they work today, what do they think is going well, what do they think is not going well. Um, and we basically put that all together to come up with a list of things which they themselves either think that needs to be approved or where we say, okay, compared to what your other companies are doing, potentially here you can improve. And then again, we think about all, if we look at all of these things you should be working on, what is the effort to either solve the issue? What is the benefit of doing it? If the benefits are low, the effort is big, basically we, we, we don't spend time on it. If the effort is small and the return is big, we prioritize it. That's the things we want to work on first. If the effort is reasonable, let's say, with big returns, then we start thinking about, okay, how can we do this in, first of all, efficient way, and how can we plan this over a longer time? What you need to know is that most registry departments, they don't have a lot of people. I'm still looking for the first treasury who's going to tell me I have too many people. Everybody says to me they have not enough people. So whenever we come in, whenever we do these projects, there is also, of course, additional work for the people in the department. But they need to combine this with the day-to-day -day tasks. So the speed and the amount of changes we can do is also dependent on the, the people in the company. So it's always a, a bit of working together to find out, okay, where do we want to put the emphasis? Where does it make sense? And over which timeline is honestly realistic to do this. Because obviously these type of projects are, are long-term. I need to make sure that, that the team can, can handle it over a longer period. And actually, talking about treasury tasks, sorry, that are transformed. So you mentioned earlier visibility on cash, um, quickly touched upon payment systems and the fraud uh, implications. What is actually transformed? And here I'm thinking, well, if there is some fraud we want to avoid, maybe it's a different governance that we need to make it to put in place or processes. Uh, Technology-wise, we touched upon the payment systems. Is there anything else? 
and one that we that is particularly close to our hearts um since we did an episode with uh, with mike richards about people and the treasury is a people business is one of his quotes how does does it all link together because when you change and you bring so many yeah changes to a treasury department people are impacted right for the better or for the worse how does it all um intersect here absolutely and like you mentioned a treasury transformation has an impact on the people so one aspect which is often underestimated but actually requires a lot of effort is exchange markets people as a nature they actually don't really like change they like a lot of people like the, the status quo i would say so often it depends from company to company of course often we have the buy-in of let's say more the group level but we spend quite some time to convince and to explain to people in the in the regions or in the business units and what the benefits are for certain for certain things and once we're able to explain that they're, they're often bought in and that they're very supportive but it's an angle and something which is not to be underestimated as say the, ch the change management aspect of these types of projects it, 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 you need to really make sure you spend enough time to talk to people understanding their concerns make sure you take their concerns into account because if people don't support the transformation it's not going to happen it needs to be really people need to understand what it is on the people angle itself um often there is also a bit of a misunderstanding when we we say about transformation when we say potentially about automating tasks cost savings often it gets the connectation that people start to worry about their job say oh they're gonna automate my my job we need to i hurry to save cost until now sure maybe can change the future until now whenever we have done a transformation if you look at the the, the size of the team at the start versus the size of the team at the end, it has always increased because we actually often, as part of transformation, bring more tasks which are being done locally by people who spend 10% of their time on it. They were actually maybe not really fully understanding it. We were all putting it together so we, had, and we have a full time equivalent working on it. So we actually typically we bring more tasks. And local people are happy because they were typically doing these kind of things on top of their day-to-day -day job and they now actually have more time to really focus on the paint themselves. So often is a is a is a lot of talk, talking about that as well because people are a bit afraid, but until now it only had increased the number of people in the treasury departments. Mm. And I guess change management not only for treasury um related activities, people, right? Also and as we know. Treasury is never very far from tax and legal, and you also have finance people who are performing those tasks. So it's not only changing and change management towards treasury people, but also others. Super clear, Kevin. And maybe to, to just link back to the previous one. So what do you transform then on top of payment systems and getting better visibility on cash? Can we, can we put treasury tasks or treasury related activities that are changed by such a transformation project? Yeah, but again, there is no transformation project which is the same, so they're always a bit different. It, it, it really depends on what the objectives are of the company. But typically, when we more look at the treasury management systems or when we help them to select, implement, or enhance their current systems, it touches every single aspect of, of treasury because they use them for the day-to-day -day operations. So it's around 
that are fixaging it's about looking at the company loans, external loans, investments, and house banking, all the topics which I, I think you all covered in your previous podcast, but all the aspects of Treasury can potentially be, be touched. And it's, it's Treasury transformation can, can touch one of them or can touch them all. It really depends on where the company is, where it want, wants to go, um, and where it, it feels it should be invested into. Super clear. And I guess those like timelines for each of those is different, right? Earlier you mentioned you're thinking long term. How, how long does a, what's the shortest treasury transformation project you've done and the longest and like, let's say the median? It's, yeah, it's a good question. Typically it's multi-year projects and the base should go really depends on the company and the team. Some companies have, I would say the luck or the luxury, I would say, that you can have internal project managers who really can focus on this and only focus on the day-to-day task. And then you can move fast. You have somebody on the client side who really can help to push things through, talk to the various stakeholders, to convince the various stakeholders about this need, and then you can go fast. Often, a lot of treasury centers don't have that uh, luxury and the internal project manager needs to combine this with the day-to-day task, and that takes a bit longer. If you want to talk in real periods, I would say it can go from anywhere between one year to five years or, or even longer, depending on the change you want to cut through. But you have all the things in between. And it's also very important to understand there are, I would say, peaks and, and easier periods we don't within such projects. If you have projects of five years, it is impossible to really uh, go full speed for five years. There's going to be peaks and downs. It's also very important whenever you do a transformation projects, that you have some kind of an interim milestones, I would say, that it doesn't take five years to, to accomplish the objective. But you already have every few months, I don't know, a certain company going live on the new bank, uh, a certain region going live on the new payment system, a certain entity being set on the treasury management. So that people see the progress and that you gradually build up the new function itself. That's interesting. I mean, you, you kind of went straight to the fact that things take longer than others because of engagement. Yeah. Out of it, like, usually like my experience, project management, it's like lead time of technology or development or something like this, which takes the longest time. But you're saying that is actually like the engagement of stakeholders, engagement of the client, customer side that's actually doing the transformation. Is that because they have their own busy sale periods and they can't afford to do a transformation at a certain time because it's just too busy or it'll touch too many systems or is it really just, you know, it's not typically a priority for these kind of companies, even though they want it? No, the, the, I would say for the treasury department, it is typically a priority, although they also still need to be able to combine it with their day-to-day operations, the business needs to run. Uh, whenever they want to do a big acquisition, for example, and a bond needs to be issued that takes time, and the main treasury transformation project then takes a bit less time. Where a lot of uh, time is spent is the alignment with other stakeholders. Whenever you want to change something to the liquidity structure, there's a tax angle to it, so we need to get the time of tax. We're also involved in a lot of different projects. We need to get that time involved. Whenever you want to do uh, set something up with a bank or you want to either 
or, or with another uh, third-party consultant or with a, with a vendor, that's legal contracts that need to be reviewed. Same legal departments, they're often not overstaffed. So also there, you need to get some time with them. And you need to be able to align with other projects within other departments. Uh, also IT, uh, whenever you work on systems, there's some support required from IT departments. That as well, they're often involved in multiple projects. So we also need to make sure that we in front of enough time up front that they make the time available for us. Although over the last couple of years, I think there's been very positive developments in the crediting system space, making it less impactful, I would say, in the internal IT department client, but still we need them. So making sure we get the time of the different stakeholders, the terms, the bit of base, and also the internal staffing at the treasury department just to make sure that they can combine us again with the day-to-day tasks. Kevin, for the, um, for the five years projects uh, and more, how long does it take before you need to do another transformation? Because the one you just did became, I mean, not obsolete, but I think there is a stat saying that like the, the power of computers or transistors doubles every two years. If treasury transformation project can take that long, how long does it take before yeah, you can actually do another transformation. Is that not a, a concern? It's a good point, man. I can tell you, you don't want to do this every five years. <laughs> uh, um, so, if you get to start, when you start thinking about objectives, like what I really want to accomplish as part of this project, you think more longer term. So, if you know about certain changes in the regulations coming up, uh, and you already anticipate that, you already take that into account. And also important, what we always advise our clients is to build structures which are scalable and flexible. A lot of our clients, they, they do acquisitions, they do dispositions to build a structure in such a way that's easy to integrate a new company or to even dispose of a company. So we really try to build a structure which works for the long term, but which is also flexible to adapt to changes which can happen over the time. And to Focus on the little point you mentioned there about processing power uh, doubling every two years. A big trend we have seen in the market when it comes to treasury systems um, over the last couple of years is what we call SaaS solutions, software as a service solutions. What is unique to those kind of solutions is that basically it's one product which is offered to all clients. Before you had, you bought a product, you were able to fully customize it to your own needs, but afterwards you had to maintain it yourself. You have to upgrade every couple of years. With these SaaS solutions, they are, you can less tailor them, but as a, as a benefit, they're being upgraded automatically. Some even every month, some every six months. So whenever you implement this technology, it's actually being upgraded for you. And these are also the kind of advice we give to our clients. If you have a small treasury department, if you don't have very all of the ordinary requirements, go for these types of solutions. Because in the long run, it, you, you benefit from these automatic updates and we don't need these big internal IT departments to maintain those applications. So it's also think about the longer term needs, think about the company and what makes most sense for them. Super clear. Can- I know Guillaume, and he's going to want to go straight into the technical nitty gritties of these transformations in a second. So as we typically do, but before we do, is there anything else you want to touch on in terms of the why a company would want to do like a, a transformation or the objectives you should set out 
beforehand or the experience overall before we dive into the technicalities? I would say when you talk about the objectives, when starting with such a project, I think the first thing you should think about is what do I want to get out of this? Do I want to get global cash visibility? Do I want to have a treasury organization, which is agile? Do I want to increase automation? Just really think of what you want to get out of it. And throughout projects, make sure that at certain moment in time, you look again at these objectives and to make sure you're still on track to meet those objectives that you don't get sidetracked. That would be always my advice to always have a very clear view of what I want to accomplish. And at certain moment in time, also take a step back and make sure that what you're doing actually is still there to uh, meet that objective. 